The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. We've had a rumble. Now it's time to have a crumble. Welcome to Bunker Mania, the official wrestling-based discussion show brought to you by Bunkerzilla UK. I am Jeremy Graves, and let's say for this edition of the program, if I'm Luchasaurus, my co-host today is none other than Jungle Boy. It's the one and only, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good sir, how on earth are you doing this fine Wednesday as we are recording this live on the Twitch? I am doing very, very well. I was, I, it's like, you're going longer than normal for the intro. I don't know what's going on. It's like, I've, I've, I've also had my rumble crumble, but also just to quickly, just roll back to your, to your sort of introduction of me, I would probably describe myself now as Jungle Man, because remember, he did the check, a check hit, the, did that sort of chair, chair. He's evolved. The the, he's done the chair thing. He's done the chair thing. <laughs> I thought you could say he grew a beard, but you know. Which is why concerto. I thought I'd make, you, you know. That's it. That's it. Concerto. He's done a concerto on Adam Cole, and now he's Jungle Man. So there we go. Or, or, did, or was, he, that, or, or was he Jungle the, Lad at that point? No, he was Jungle Boy, and then he had no, the no, that's what I mean. Jungle Boy to Lad yeah. to Man. No, no, no. When you do a concerto, you go straight to Man. Oh, because oh. that's when that, that's because if you if you if you're placing someone's head between two chairs and you're doing the the smashy smashy. <laughs> Then clearly you're no longer you're no longer a child. <laughs> well, folks, if you are joining us live on Twitch tonight, thank you very much for watching. And if you are if you're in the chat box and whatnot, why not let us know one what the heck you just thought of that intro sequence? And also, you can let us know throughout the program tonight your thoughts on a variety of topics that we will be covering. Not limited to the 2022 WWE Royal Rumble Premium Live Event that took place this past weekend and. AEW's programming from last week as well. If you are enjoying the stream, why not give us a follow? And if you feel so inclined, you can subscribe as well. And you can also indulge in other Bunkerzilla content, including the most recent edition of Quiz Smash. Bunkerzilla's... I was, I was about to say once a week, and I thought, no, we don't do that once a week, because that's a heck of a lot to prepare. But it is once a month, and it is worth it. Because this past Friday's one... It was quite the quick. It was quite the quiz smash. There was a lot of interesting things that occurred. Definitely going out of your way to watch the VOD if you feel so inclined to do so. I thought you were about to kind of do a massive victory parade. To be perfectly honest, I mean, I wasn't trying to spoil it, but now that you've said it, I might have won after coming second for like four or five quiz smashes in a row. But um, but yes, like I say, if you feel so inclined, you can support us by subscribing and or following here on Twitch. If you are watching the archive of this program on YouTube, first of all, hello, how you doing? And if you feel so inclined as well on there, give us a thumbs up and why not follow the channel and subscribe on that platform as well. For all of you audio folks out there, because we know a lot of you like to check out the show in audio only form, we hope you are enjoying this. No matter what platform you are, you are listening to us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, Decadane San has told me we are on it. Yeah, so hit that subscribe button. There you go. <laughs> and if you feel so inclined on there, because that's apparently my now catchphrase, if you feel so inclined, why not give us a rating on your platform of choice as well? So, Dekasan. Yes. Are you going to be so inclined to as to 
kick the show off. I mean, I'm not. I didn't watch the kickoff show of the Royal Rumble 2022. Neither did I. Neither did I. Neither did I. Why? Because nothing happened on it. That's, That's why. good. That's good. Because one, as we know by now, the kickoff shows are not WWE canon until they want them to be. But also, mm -hmm. literally, no matches happened on it, apparently. So therefore, I feel my decision to not watch the kickoff show was justified. So, 2022 Royal Rumble took place in St. Louis, if memory serves correctly. General yep. thoughts, Ian, before we go any further, but in terms of, say, like an overall feeling on the show, what would you say? Uh, I I think it's it's a it's a show of mixed bat and mixed results. Uh, there are some very fun moments in the, in this paper in this premium live event. Almost said pay per view. There are some fun moments in this premium live event. There's 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 definitely one or two good matches. Definitely worth checking out. The rumbles are a little bit underwhelming, um, and we will talk about those as we get into the play by play. They're a little bit underwhelming. Some some sort of story beats don't necessarily work. I mean, there are some moments in both Rumbles that are actually very entertaining, and we'll, and we'll talk about that as well. But overall, I think considering the hype and the bills, like this is like a first proper Rumble backing fan, with fans in attendance as well. Uh, it's, I talked about it last episode, where it's like, if you're going down the obvious routes, that's fine. Just make the journey enjoyable. And at times, unfortunately, both Rumbles were not necessarily... Like that, sadly. Um, it's not, it's a, a lot of people were kind of really, a lot of people were really kind of down on this and kind of going, oh, it's just as bad as 2015. So I think 2015's Rumble with Roman Reigns winning was really terrible. Um, this is, this is, this is a okay Rumble. It's not great. It's, but it's not terrible. But yeah, it, I saw a lot of, I'm just going to call it hate. For this show online, mm. quite frankly. There was a lot of detractors of this show. Some mm. of the criticism definitely warranted. Like this was, you mentioned this was a mixed bag. The analogy I've been using talking to a few of my friends over the past couple of days is, you know how you can get sometimes like the sort of the, the, the jelly belly packs that have like different flavors, like good and bad flavors. And you've got yeah. to like spin the twister wheel to determine mm. which one you've got to try, but they're like same colors and you don't know until you bite into it if it's the good flavor or the bad flavor. That's how I describe this, because it felt like that that kind of encapsulates a variety of things that we saw. Overall, I thought this was an all right show. In terms of certain things you've already mentioned, yeah, there is definitely some questionable things that occurred, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Action on the show as a whole was all right. There was a, some, yeah. like one really good match until the finish. Rumbles were all right. Other match in there, it's a shame that something out of their control kind of hampered how that was perceived. We'll get mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. But overall, in terms of this being an advert for WWE at the start of the year 2022, this was a bad advert. Because as yeah. we've talked about before with the likes of Survivor Series, and I think I actually mentioned this exact point when we reviewed the show, I'm someone now who does not watch a lot of WWE but I still kind of keep an eye on things and I try and check in for like the traditional big four or five shows as it were. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people at this time of year, the Royal Rumble is a lapsed fans moment of, right, you know what? It's Rumble. I'm up for a Royal Rumble. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to know everything that's going on. I know I'm going to have a good time. This is the chance mm -hmm. to really introduce people to a lot of the people that are, that are there, show off some of the new stars, kind of get people hyped because it's now the start of WrestleMania season. Indeed. And quite and quite frankly, 
This was a bad advert for WWE of where it's currently at. This entire show as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a good advert for its storytelling. It's not a good sort of indication of where things are kind of going in the future. And, that, and that's in terms of, obviously, the, the superstars, the performers and so forth. Because usually things like the Rumble, you get a general idea of who's going to kind of be elevated a little bit further. And one of the the key argument, and one of the, it's always an argument at the moment, or criticism against WWE, is the reliance on familiarity, or just basically reliable part-timers, or things for just the normal big pop, which is more a moment rather than an actual storytelling or actual sort of a thing to actually look forward. It's all about the here and now rather than thinking about the future. Uh, and that's always been a massive problem for WWE. I mean, even going back to the 2015 Rumble, it was all about trying to push Roman Reigns to the moon, and people just and, and people weren't taking it. Nowadays, it's kind of like, well, we've got Brock, we've we have Ronda now. Um, they're going to be front and center. And sorry, the, the the talent that's been here for like years on years, here 365 days a year, they're not necessarily going to get that rub, which is a bit frustrating, and it's. And it's very hard to see. Oh, it's very, it's it's very disheartening, especially when you look at someone like Big E, who was WWE champion for the last sort of quarter of last year, lost the belt at day one, and is a complete afterthought in the Rumble. To be perfectly honest, he's now back over on SmackDown, um, and also, I think also the Rumble thing does his Rumble run does also link to Kofi's uh, botched uh, spot, which we'll talk about, but. Yeah, it's it's all about well, what are the what are the names that get the most reaction at the moment that we we can trust? It's like no one actually. It's like WWE never wants to kind of trust other talent sometimes in in this big big environment. It's funny you mentioned that because we're talking about looking to the future when it comes to stars. You can go back to mm. American wrestling. WCW is a prime candidate of being public enemy number one of letting future mm. talent get on top and carrying the torch, and is a big contributing factor to why WCW no longer exists. Another mm. slightly more recent comparison I will use, and if anyone in the chat wants to disagree, please feel free to. In Japanese wrestling, circa 2005-2006, I'll say, in okay. pro wrestling Noah, it, the, the big... Let's just call them the legends, if you will, who are really carrying Japanese wrestling. You have the likes of Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobashi, legendary Japanese names. And they wanted to start to bring through the next talent when they had formed Pro Wrestling Noah very early in the year 2000. Some of the, those early names, Kenta, obviously, for a while, Hideo Hitami, but he, as he has pretty much said in interviews in Japan, that, that, character, that, that, that name is dead, quite frankly, I think is what he said. You've also got Naomichi Marafuji. They are two of the best names ever in Japanese wrestling from a youth point of view. They were the top junior heavyweights and there was a point where they were elevated to heavyweights and they were fighting over the heavyweight title, the GHC, heavy, the Global Honored Crown heavyweight title of Pro Wrestling Noah. They did it. They gave them the opportunity to headline a big show at the Budokan Hall, a legendary Japanese venue perhaps didn't do as well as they had hoped, and mm. kind of like we've seen WWE do before as well, when it's not going well, you go back to something that works, and in the end, Mitsuharu Misawa became champion again, and they were kind of bolstered down the card a bit, Marafuji mm. and Kenta, and it's like, why? Give, give them a chance. You've got to build mm. this stuff up. You have, to, you have to take the chance sometimes. 
to be able to build for the future. And this show, the Royal Rumble now, to get back onto topic, is mm-hmm. an example of there being so much potential with so much that they have got on their... They've still somehow still got on their roster, given how many people they've released in recent times. And yet there was no evidence of that whatsoever, quite frankly. Yeah. There were one or two gleaming moments, but overall, no. Yeah. So the first match on the show, which... So in terms of match ordering on the show, given how we know how things worked out, anything you would change? Uh, I... I think the I think the match order I think the order of placement was fine for the pay per view. I think I think in, and also when we talk about the Roman Reigns match, which is the first match on the card, um, basically it's a it's a Roman Reigns has always said on on TV nowadays as trouble retrieve. I'm either going on first or I'm going on last because that's because he knows those are like the sweet spots for like audiences. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to really get out the the gout of the gate for Royal Rumble, this is the perfect start off to have Roman Reigns take on Seth Rollins straight away in the opening contest. So this was our opening match. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns came out first, which I thought, okay, interesting. Yeah. And, and the reason for that was because the mind games of Seth Rollins were in full effect. It's like he'd he had had like a, a lighter and just set it alight, quite frankly. <laughs> and he was just burning all the oil in that little clipper lighter that he bought from a newsagent. Because he came out and did the old traditional shield entrance through the crowd. He was dressed yeah. in the shield-like garb. <laughs> Everyone was so into him. And yet he was still doing his Seth freaking Rollins random ha-ha-ha kind it, of style it, laughing. It was just, it's like, it was the, it's like an ultimate trolling, to yeah. be perfectly honest. And it was great. To be honest. It was great because on the SmackDown the night before, they were kind of playing into this thing of, Seth get into Roman's head about the shield breakup and so forth and set and Roman going, I don't think I can ever forgive you for breaking up the shield and that sort of stuff. And it's like to to just gently plant the seeds of something this audacious to kick off the Royal Rumble, complete with the shield music as well. Even with Rollins in the match doing various shield mannerisms, like the obviously the jump over the guardrail, obviously you've got the the, the shield bomb for the table as well, even getting the stomp in early as well. It was it was really good, and I and I think out of all the matches on on the card, this is perhaps my favorite. Oh, hundred percent! This was the best match it on was, the show. Yeah, best match on the show. There's a real sort of psychological warfare going on between Rollins and Reigns, uh, and yeah, it's basically Reigns just can't get his head in the game because Rollins is there doing all his shield stuff and and just and just having the time of his life. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Um, the, what I also really liked as well is it actually forced Roman to like evolve his character a bit. Because there was mm-hmm. a point you could tell where he, there was that part of him that's like, oh, don't do this. What are you doing? And then eventually he just snapped. And that mm. led to the finish, which... Let's just get to the finish. So Roman's got so, like a chokehold sleeper thing type deal submission on. Well, just before, just before we go to the chokehold bit, there's mm-hmm. the bit where they've... Obviously they've, they've counted spears, they've counted stomps and stuff like that. And it's a moment where Seth's just kind of he's he's really beat up. He knows he's probably not winning this, and he just he just extends his fist out to the to Roman, just laughing, going, "I'll always love you, bro," <laughs> <laughs> and just doing that, and just Reigns completely snaps, puts him into the guillotine, yeah. and we have the sense that it's like 
Rollins is fighting the guillotine and they're slowly edging towards the rope. And you're thinking, oh, is he going to, is he actually going to break the guillotine? And it gets to the point where Rollins is clearly out, but Charles Robinson just goes in and goes, I'll just lift up the arm. It's the old traditional thing of lift because you need to have like the three taps in theory on mm. the mat to signal submission. Yeah, now it's just the one, to be honest. Okay. No, oh, oh, is it? I one. didn't realize that had changed in recent years. But yeah, yeah, basically. So- yeah, basically, there's no response. There's no response just by just lifting and letting the arm drop. It's oh, he's out. That's okay. it. So yeah, so he does it twice, and on the third one, Rollins's arm lands on the rope that he's trying mm-hmm. to grab, which the ref is then like, which I get the feeling that was meant to come across like Rollins actually moved his arm onto the rope. Yeah, it, it doesn't kinda, look like it, he just dropped it. it on yeah, it. It, it, yeah. So it's a little bit iffy in that sense. But yeah. then ultimately, uh, Roman got disqualified for not breaking the hold, or as some people might say, for kicking too much ass. Um, <laughs> but at least yeah. it's not. It's at, least, at least it's not lightly hitting someone with a table top in yeah, like exactly. Hell in a Cell last year. <laughs> the thing that was so annoying about this finish is this match had been really good. The crowd was super into it, and you could tell the crowd wanted a more definitive finish let alone us, the viewers, wanted a bit more of a definitive finish to this. And this just felt like the cheapest way to not actually beat, quote-unquote, either guy definitively. And I think I read a stat somewhere that this is Roman's first loss for the better part of a year and a half or something like that. So in, a it, universal, yeah, in a universal title match. Yeah, so it is actually a, it is actually something significant in the history of Roman's title reign or something like that. But it didn't feel that way. And the crowd echoed my sentiments exactly with their reaction. I I am happy with the DQ finish. And it's like, I, I appreciate people don't like DQ finishes. They would like a definitive winner. But I think because you've got the, the chair beat down at the end and the fact that that range is completely snapped into the end. And considering we are, we are trying to firmly position him back into a heel role, moving into Mania, because I think there were times during the Rollins feud that crowds were starting to kind of go, oh, we want to cheer Roman for this now. And it's like, it's like, you don't really, it's like, do you want to face, do you want a slight tweener Roman up against the very face Brock? It, I, I understand why people are annoyed at the finish. And I understand people are not fans of the finish. But I, from a storytelling aspect, I'm happy with it. But obviously, if they, again, it gives them an excuse to try and run the match again in the future yeah I, I get i guess for me it was more the it was the circumstances of the dq okay. is what annoyed me i think if they if it was going to be a dq for example i think there could have been a far better way of doing it okay because, because they could have done the whole chair stuff after and or have the have the chair stuff be the dq that's still mm. arguably as naff of a finish but going but it basically being he's got this choke on rollins's hand has landed on the rope Roman won't break the hold. You've, you're DQ'd. It just it feels but, so cheap, especially after how it, much time and how much and how into the match I was. Mm-hmm. That's just that's how it came across to me. But I, I, I appreciate. Like, but I totally respect your thoughts on it. Like. I mean, it's like I I, I watched this with a, a mutual friend of the show's uh, Christian Island, and, and Christian was equally annoyed about the DQ finish. But when I tried, but when I, I not say what I explained it. It kind of went okay. I can kind of sit in that direction. So it's it's like. There are there are two sides, I guess, to, to this. Sometimes it's like there's a good storytelling aspect to it, but obviously the execution is not particularly great. And I will put my hand up and say I 
I do accept the execution of said DQ was probably not great, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I mean, like you said, you could probably just picked up the chair and just gone. Maybe if they spalled out into the ring or something like that, or or not spalled out of the ring into the into like the uh, ring environment area, they could have got the chair and and started doing it that way. That could work. That could have mm. worked. But also, but, yeah. I, I was very surprised at the complete lack of Usos on this show, even though they were barred from ringside. Oh yeah. God. Oh, sorry. I was about to say they were barred from ringside, but you. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> you I'll, 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 I thought you were going to say like there was like a reason or something. But yeah, like they were barred from ringside. Mm. I was kind of surprised they just did, didn't come out after. Like they were just literally not on this show at all. Maybe it's just a creative decision, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, there are a lot of creative decisions on this show that were interesting. Yeah, there were there were a lot. There were a lot. <laughs> so, so let's get to the next match then. This being the women's Royal Rumble match. Ultimately, just to get it out of the way, first of all, Ronda Rousey was the winner. Which, mm-hmm. when we were doing the show live last week, the news had been going around that Ronda was likely going to be in the match and that she was back and whatnot. I admittedly was in the dark about it and we wanted to keep the this show as spoiler potentially spoiler-free as possible. So we yeah, didn't talk I, about that. Yeah, I was I was aware of the Ronda news. Um because it's like I, I, I kind of I'm, I like reading my wrestling news and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I was looking into it like every day in the run up to the Rumble, and yeah, the moment all the pieces started to fit together for Andre's return, it was kind of like, yeah, she's winning the Rumble, isn't she? And even when she came out at like number twenty eight, it's like, yeah, she's winning the Rumble, isn't she? Yeah, as soon as <laughs> her music, as soon as her music hit, I knew, and it was a really cool reaction from the crowd as well. They were super yeah. into Ronda, and also fair play to her because apparently. She only gave birth to her child like four months ago. Oh, and wow. she's already back in the ring. And I've, I've seen like a fair bit of hate for like Ronda's performance at the Rumble and on Raw. And it's like, dude, like she's just come back from having a child, you know? And also you got to get back into the flow of things as well. Like some things come naturally, some things you need to build back into it. Yeah, I mean, I do understand that. I think my thing with how... I mean, I've, there's nothing wrong with the ring. The ring performance for Ronda was fine on Saturday. She she was just getting involved and obviously just getting herself back into the swing of things. So obviously, the more we get close to Mania, she'll she'll probably be back up to that standard she was uh, when she finished, when she left WWE originally. I think it's just I think my thing with Ronda at the moment, and this is based off her backstage thing after the Rumble and then going into Raw of just going, oh, I'm not falling for the crowd, like being my fr- supporting me, and it's kind of like. And I and I, I it's like, but there needs to. Pommy feels like there needs to be a little bit more effort in like the. It's like if you don't want to be friends with the crowd, that's fine, and you want to be positioning yourself as a heel, that's fine. I've got no issues. I I kind of sense this is where she was coming back as in as a heel. Makes the whole potential WrestleMania matchup that's about that's being planned completely nonsensical. But but also, wasn't it, when Ronda was last in, wasn't it a case where people were complaining she was too happy? And she needed to be more serious. No, 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 no. I think it was it came. It's like the turning point began at Survivor Series when she took on uh, Charlotte Flair, and and originally it was kind of like during that match people were still supporting Ronda, but as the match kept going on, people were kind of really supporting Flair in a way because it was kind of like mm. I don't know who was deliberate, but it felt like there was like a, a weird sort of double turn happening so it's like it was kind of like a Bret Hart Stone Cold at Mania yeah, 13 in that thing. sort of way and I do, and I think that wasn't what was supposed to happen I, and I think there, there had been reports around the time that Ronda was generally not happy about being booed 
by the crowds. Mm. And then did she get like Singapore caned to flip him like just bullied by Charlotte during that match as well? I seem to recall. Yeah, that caused the DQ between the two. Yeah. 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 And then and then from there, it's like, yeah, Ronda becomes a bit more fo- laser focused and stuff. And you get these great behind the scenes stuff even when in the belt triple threat, like the whole police car thing of Charlotte ramming the knee through the mm-hmm. through the police window and stuff like that. So yeah, I I totally get why she would return as a heel in a way, because it's like she came in full of hope and energetic and the, and the crowds were with her and then the crowds just turned against her. And obviously mm. it's like you, you, you want the, it's like crowd support is important, but I think the way it's just coming across, it's like, it's like, again, I appreciate she's been back after just a very short, uh, just a few months mm-hmm. after giving birth to a child and all that sort of stuff. It's just the delivery. I think if, if the promo deliveries, were a little bit stronger and felt a little bit more twinged with emotion, then it'll be okay. It's not great, but it's it's a starting block. Whereas here, it comes across that Ronda doesn't want to be there, and it's very and for me and for me, it's very hard to support a performer who clearly isn't there. I mean, here's, here is a, here is a here is an interesting comparison. Okay, when obviously during the early points of Brock Lesnar, always sort of popping in. And going away, you're not that invested in Brock because it's always the same. He comes in, you know he's there for the money and the money only. He still kind of, he still pretty much is to a degree as well. Um, and but in this recent run, this recent return from some from SummerSlam, L- L- Lumberjack Brock, <laughs> Lumberjack Brock has been a complete revelation because it's like it's like people. Some people go, oh yeah, Brock's, Brock's always winning. That's fine, but the fact is, Brock seems to be more invested in in mm-hmm. stuff on, on the moment. It's like he had a fun promo on Monday where he wanted to fight Bobby Lashley there and there for the WWE Championship for Raw. But it's like, no, 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 no. You fight me in Elimination Chamber. Okay, fine. But the fact is, like, Brock has come back and he's he's felt more invested in stuff. He's had great promos with Sami Zayn. He's, he's had fun with the whole sort of Brock Lesnar sort of mystique of just doing his own entrance art sometimes or even interacting with the fans as well. And for, for a period while... Of fans being sort of given the idea that Brock doesn't like people and doesn't want to be around, it's kind of like he gets. It feels like you get a sense that he he likes being there and he is invested and he does want to kind of do a good show. Obviously, he wants to make sure he's being paid a shit ton of money, and that's absolutely who, who doesn't, fair. quite frankly, who do, who doesn't. <laughs> but the fact, but the fact is, I'm. It's like I can appreciate Brock Lesnar coming in and doing the stuff that he's doing, whereas if. If this is the direction Ronda's going to go creatively in that, and just kind of be kind of, uh, kind of apathetic and kind of nonplussed, it's like no, I don't, it's like I, it's, that's not a return I really want. That's not a kind of like a, I think anyway, that that that's my that's my yeah, that's cool. So I guess on that point, then what I don't think helped based on like the clip I've seen of Ronda's promo is it really did feel like a WWE writer had said, please recite this word for word, no questions, thank you, and just left. And so that, and so it was literally a case of Ronda having to work with the material she was given, which, based on the fact they had to pipe in crowd sound from the clip I've seen, doesn't seem like it was that good of material. I think Eww. this is a case where... Ronda is a great promo. If you go back and watch some of her MMA promos that she's done, Mm. she can be a beast on the microphone, quite frankly. Mm. I think it might be beneficial to get her someone akin to a Paul Heyman. 
Yeah. In the I sense like of this. someone who could emphasize how dangerous she is. And just occasionally, Rhonda, she could even, if you want to play the heel thing, have it be the people don't deserve to hear Ronda Rousey say something now. If they want to that's hear fine. from her, they can hear through insert name. Like whoever yeah, it that's is. Fine. I I'd go with that. I go that it, it changes things up. It makes things a little interesting. It's just, yeah, it, it's just a bit of a weird kind of start to her second WWE run. She's going to be appearing on SmackDown on Friday. The rumored plan is going to be Rousey versus Charlotte at Mania, which, based which, on how the Rumble finished, makes total sense to me. And that, yeah, and yeah, to, to get on that way, yeah, to get onto that as well, actually, as a point, the, the mm. we'll, we'll sort of do the end of the match and then we'll work our way sort of throughout other bits. Eww. But the, it came down to Ronda and Charlotte. And ultimately, mm-hmm. Charlotte, I think, went for basically ran at her, went for a kick, missed, and then Ronda sort of tossed her over the top rope. Much I, did, I, did, I didn't have an issue with the finish. I saw some people online did, but I just thought, yeah, makes sense. I now know what match we're getting at Mania. Literally my first thought. Like, Becky didn't even mm. cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the reports that have been coming out from the Rumble about Ronda's New Deal is it's for at least two menus. So this menu, oh, okay. it's likely... This mania, it's going to be Flair. Next mania, in theory, it should be Becky Lynch. The match. The match that I think a lot of people have been just kind of been wanting from like the first run. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes out. But no, in terms of the Rumble, I think out of the two, this is the superior one of the night. A hundred million percent agree. Yeah, and and that's mostly because there's there's moment there were moments of fun throughout. There were fun the throwbacks that they use with the legends. And the Hall of Famers and stuff like that was also quite rewarding as well, and kind of little, 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 little like little connecting pieces to existing storylines that were currently going on. So, um, and and a few and a few podcast, a few uh, reviewers on on the show has kind of have also kind of highlighted. Well, you've got all these storyline beats that have been built up in Raw and SmackDown, and a good portion kind of continue or kind of have a little bit of a finish. There and there. So, for example, you've got the Naomi and Sonny Deville storyline, which is still going on, but it's the it's the wonderful little the little start bit first of Sonya coming down when she enters the Rumble, sitting with the commentators in her like her in her jacket in the jacket. Saying, oh, I'm checking on that. That means I'm an official. Not not being <laughs> not being familiar with all of this and what Sonya yeah. is currently doing. I really liked that. Like she's got my yeah. jacket on. I'm an official. When the jacket's I'm official. off, I'm a competitor. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, it's. But this is what like we've said this about AEW, for example, other promotions. Just give a reason. <clears throat> excuse me. Just give mm. a reason. Just say mm. a reason. And if you tie up that little loose end, it's like, mm. all right, that's why. That's all you need to yeah. know. Sometimes, I mean, the live crowd wouldn't have freaking known, but we and did. The, and the nice and the nice sort of like continuing thread of the Naomi storyline that Sonya's going on is uh, Cameron entered the Funkadactyl Cam- Cameron. Cameron is Cameron is friends with Naomi, obviously part of that old gimmick. Mm-hmm. And as the commentators go, oh yeah, Cameron used to be friends with Naomi. And someone's going, oh, she's friends with Naomi. Yeah. Okay, one moment, please. Yeah, <laughs> she just... goes and throws out Cameron. But it was so good. That's the thing. But for us, the viewer at home, it played out so well. And I really, yeah. really like that. But... I mean, another I mean, another good, another good point is the whole Nikki ASH heel run at the moment. <laughs> Of Nikki blindsiding Molly Holly, <laughs> taking her into the ring, 
reaching a senseless and going, there can only be one superhero. <laughs> but you know it's what? Like, it's the Highlander rules. But do, <laughs> weird as it sounds, I like this is kind of what was fun about the women's rumble yeah. is that they played on scenarios like this or, or you know, added in bits of history and made it work with the present. Another yeah. example, which is, I think was one of my favorite moments from the rumble, Summer Rae. Like her and Natalia have got a long-term backstory in the history of WWE. So my favorite part, I th- well, yeah, like I'll get onto my other favorite bits, but one of my favorite bits of the Rumble was Summer Rae running down the aisle. And if you listen closely wearing a pair of headphones, you could hear her shouting something towards the ring. And the camera is kind of like in the view of how we are on, the, on our video feed right now. Mm. And as she's running by, you can just hear her shouting, and pardoning my language, fuck you, Natalia! <laughs> it's so funny and she, and she instantly goes for Natalia but then gets her ass handed to her and gets thrown out it's so good I think I think my favourite use of one of the legends or Hall of Famers is Ivory coming out as right to censor yeah just doing just doing a full promo walking to the ring saying how the youth of today how the youth of today have been corrupted mm-hmm. and have and have, have made made have wasted young girls' lives, walks in, has a shirt, just continues explains to Ray, who just goes, all right, out you go. Stop checking Facebook! She gets thrown away. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever it was. And then just walks off, and it's like, yes, this is exactly how we should be. It's like, chef's kiss. Yeah. (laughs) So I I need to give a shout-out, though, because, so first Mm. of all, shout-out to Selena Vega, because I don't know, anime, anime lore here for you. Uh, for those who may not notice, her entrance attire was was uh, inspired by the Naruto character Uchiha mm-hmm. Madara, which I marked yep. out for. But full, full, massive, massive, giant thumbs up to freaking Sasha Banks coming out dressed as <laughs> Sailor Moon. I I was so happy at that. That was awesome. It's like. Yeah, it's like nice little, nice little costume touches like that. It's like I hadn't, hadn't seen a good sort of uh, costume for a pay-per-view in a, in a while. So it was quite nice to see uh, Sasha and, and Zelina do that as well. Or as, um, or as Sasha put on her own Twitter, or, or it might have been a WWE Deutschland account, Sailor yeah. Boss. Ah. Right? <laughs> but no, I, but yeah, just just generally with the Women's Rumble, it, bits were, it felt a little bit more cohesive. Yeah, it didn't necessarily fire on all cylinders in terms of the action and all that sort of stuff but it does a lot of things right in terms of the smaller the smaller subtle parts or the smaller moment things I mean it's like if you sat here last year and said next rumble Mickey James will enter she'll be working for Impact she'll enter with her Impact theme she'll also be wearing the Impact's knockout bell she'll also be credited as a knockout champion and still have a decent 15 minute show in the Rumble hearing, <laughs> hearing hardcore country blared out over the speakers at a WWE event was like what is going on <laughs> it's just like it's just like Oh my word! It's like, is this happening? This is really happening, and it's like, and it, it was nice to see. It was genuinely nice. Really other cool. favorite, nice little moments as well. Uh, Sarah Logan uh, made a reappearance after was, release last year. It was such a fun moment seeing her and Liv. Well, I, I say seeing her and Liv. What we saw of her and Liv together, because apparently they had a proper yeah. hug like on the floor after they both got eliminated. Cameras yeah. barely picked it up. So come on, production yeah. team. But yeah, I mean, e- even when Ronda came in and, and Shayna Baszler was number thirty, it's like Ronda and said it going like, like, it's like, friend, 
friend friend yeah what was what one of my favorite there was a gift doing the rounds of that actually and mm. i think one of my favorite parts is there's the moment where you could see like because i think basically came out and ronda was really happy but she had to keep fighting and there's a yeah. moment when they can finally acknowledge each other in the ring and they basically mm. quickly both look at each other go hey hang on got a fight <laughs> just carried on <laughs> don't mind me just gotta throw a punch literally <laughs> so actually going back to the ronda thing right have her yeah. and Baszler just be a team for a while. I, yeah. want, I want this so badly. I think I might have said it on the show last week as well. Just have those two be a team. I mean, heck, Baszler yeah. can talk as well a little bit. Maybe Ronda just says, anything you hear from me will come from my, you know, my longtime friend. I mean, you, I mean your summer, your summer storyline threads there. Shayna yeah. versus Ronda. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. That'll actually be quite good so fun good. to watch. Um but yeah, just just and yeah, even even the Bella twins had their little throwback where uh Nikki threw out Brie, this time Brie threw out Nikki. <laughs> we also got the yes kicks. Yep, yes kicks as well. <laughs> it was the um, one thing people really wanted to do as soon as when mm. the, as soon as the Bella came out. It's like fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but no, ge- generally, generally I do it's like this is the better rumble out of the two. It's it was entertaining. It has its little moments of entertainment. Yes, the, the winner is signposted the moment a uh, bad reputation hits. Um, but, but the key it, thing, though, Ian, and you just said it, literally, mm. this women's rumble had moments. Mm. When we get to the men's rumble, which probably won't be much of a discussion other than what it ultimately was, yeah. there were not moments in that match. Yeah. It was a long match, there were not yeah. many moments that could have spiced things up. There were there were glimmerings of hopes that it was going to get spiced up, and then just it wasn't. Mm. Also, I want to give a shout out to Melina as well, who came out oh, like, yeah. number two, because it was just really cool to see her back. And the thing that really got me was you could tell when the match started, and they had like the camera on her and then on Sasha. Melina was, was doing everything in her power to not get emotional. But the mm. entire moment just overcame her. It was... That, that was nice. It was just it was a genuine moment, and I mean, that's like, what you need sometimes. It's it, it it kind of flashes back to Mania last year with Bianca and Sasha just before yeah. they kick off the main event of Night One. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I think if you need to watch a Rumble from this year's uh, event, watch this one. I think you'll I think you'll have fun with this regardless. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not not an amazing Rumble, but the moment the small moments and the small character sort of developments really make up for it. Uh, so yes yeah, so uh, after the excitement after the excitement of a rumble you could you, over... you, you could say this match tried to burn it down as a really mm. tedious link trying to make that work somehow because well, Becky Lynch defended the Raw Women's Championship because of course Becky Lynch and Seth are an item uh, going up against Dewdrop or Dewdrop however you want to pronounce it mm-hmm so this was actually a really good match. They, it wasn't I bad. thought this told a good story. There was a moment where Dewdrop did like a cannonball roll in the corner and freaking crushed Becky. And you know they mm. they did it. You know that it was a proper crush because normally when WWE do, do like a slow mo replay now, they do mm. like the initial bit of contact really slow, and then when yeah. it gets to the end of it, they speed it up. They kept this yeah. on slow. <laughs> you wanted to see all the bones in Becky's body being shook about. But yeah. this was a really good match. Ultimately, it involved going up to the second rope to do a, an avalanche manhandle slam, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bigger story of the match, unfortunately, mm. one was that the crowd just really weren't into it because it had to follow Ronda Rousey winning. And of course, 
What do you immediately think when you see Ronda winning and Becky comes out a few moments later? What's immediately on your brain? Becky and Ronda. For a mm. lot of people, that would have been on the brain. I don't think that helped. But what actually did not help even more, I will say in a moment because you had a thought on that. Yeah, I was I was gonna kind of say I don't think it's I don't think the crowd would probably been too exhausted out of that rumble, to be perfectly honest. Because I think the rumble had a, a fairly kind of yeah, had a kind of like a high, high finish, but not necessarily nothing to really zap the crowd out. It's like I didn't feel kind of zapped out going into it. I think the real and you were about to say it now, then I think the real thing that really derailed actually getting in the match, even for me watching it, was the crowd being distracted by a WrestleMania sign on fire. So let's, I'm going to try and piece together what I believe occurred from what I was thinking, watching it on a delay, but not checking Twitter and stuff. So mm -hmm. of course the winner of the rumble traditionally does the, does the point to the WrestleMania sign and we get fireworks, ooh, pyrotechnics and whatnot. What we didn't see was that the backside of the sign started catching fire. And shortly after the match began, there was a there was a chant in the crowd of something to the effect of we're on fire or it's on fire. I could hear mm. it and I'm like, what, yeah. what the heck's going on there? But I heard the word fire. And then I think they then purposefully cut to certain camera angles to try yeah. and not show what was going on. But you could see... The crowd were looking the direction <laughs> to try and yeah. check out for the video version, then looking in a direction of what was going on. But on the camera angle side, if you actually looked in the background, you could see the lighting far clearer because there was smoke in the building. Now, mm. what had happened is the sign caught fire, and there is the video doing the rounds as well. I think it's on Sean Ross Sapp's Twitter, he retweeted it, where yeah. there are actually bits of the backside of the sign embers, if you will, falling down onto the crowd space below. So that section of the crowd under the sign had to be moved, evacuated, pick your word of choice. Yeah. <clears throat> the sign then gets lowered, which can only happen at a particular speed because, you know, health and safety, everybody, quite literally. Mm -hmm. And then they think they patch it up, do what they need to do. Yep. And the sign goes back up. And then the crowd are allowed to go back. Now, that takes up the majority of this match. And you knew that something had happened if you weren't checking Twitter because after Becky won, she outright said, I set that sign on fire with this match yeah. or something to that effect. <laughs> so you instantly knew what had happened. Mm. But yeah, we'll get on to what else happened with the sign later because that's going to bring me to probably a whole other rant in itself. But yeah. it, it's a real shame this match was hampered by that. I, I liked the match. The crowd, mm. in my opinion, weren't into it, be it their fault or not because of what was going on. It also didn't help that they were placed right after a Rumble match. They had a tough mm. spot to fill. Kind of makes me wonder if they'd have put, say, the Edge and Beth tag match immediately yeah. after, might that have been a better, let's say, palate cleanser from the Rumble? Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. But, but, anyways, but, but, no, but, now, but your thoughts, good sir. But no, I, I think the match was, was fine. It was a good story of Becky overcoming the power of Dewdrop to, to obviously survive and keep her belt until I thought she was going to cheat, but she didn't, which surprised me. So that's so at least that's not that, that keeps it that's a, a little bit refreshing. Because I just imagine that eventually she would do something off the top rope and then just use the ropes to really pin herself down against Dewdrop. 
and steal the win because that's how she's been winning a lot of her previous uh, title matches. Um, but no, I, I I think the match was decent. I think the match was fine. Um, I just I just yeah the the sign the sign uh, saga really kind of took me out because even when I even when you see it on screen, it's like I didn't want to pick up the phone because I was watching this like the day after. I didn't want to Likewise. get spoiled. Yeah. Well, so it's just kind of like something's not right here because the the more you didn't see like the commentary desk or stuff like yeah. that so it's like a lot of action seemed to be limited so it's like it makes perfect sense why they did what they did but it's like it, at first it's i was wondering like, if there was a fight in the crowd because that's normally what would turn people's heads i i thought i thought it, i thought initially it was something to do with someone being stupid in the crowd yeah but then but then clearly that's not the but then as soon as you case. see most of the arena looking that way mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it changes the goalpost a little bit <laughs> bless you good sir bless me sorry so yes. so yeah it sucks that becky and Doudrop had to work under that scenario but mm. fair play to them for carrying on though and doing a good match if you go back and watch it it is actually a fun match to watch as well that yeah. stuff in mind yeah next up wwe championship match brock lesnar defending against bobby lashley if you wanted suplexes, people, you got suplexes. But you know who didn't want a suplex again after two of them? Bobby Lashley. Because he got dropped right on his head. And after that, he refused to take a suplex properly. And probably potentially <laughs> tried to separate his shoulder in the process. Because Brock Lesnar, you could tell, I think, from like the first one, Brock Lesnar, it was like a high-angle German suplex. And there was that, yeah. there was that little glimmer in his eye of, Oh, really? We're, We're going there, are we? <laughs> <laughs> but this was this was a fun match. I I enjoyed this. It was kind of what I expected it would be. It was really yeah. really good fun. Yeah, you've got, it's basically a hoss battle from the get go with yeah. suplexes. And Two yeah, giant like, slabs of meat just colliding. Yeah. It's like meat smacking meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I it's exactly what I wanted because it was like I love the first one of of Lesnar does a suplex and then Lashley just gets up and no sells it and goes no yeah <laughs> and it's like oh this is where we're going in a way um but no yeah it just it, it was just fun it was like it was power move power move power move which is what you want to see even the nice sort of telegraphing of oh Bobby's going to spear Lesnar through the rails and Lesnar goes nope and just walks away <laughs> as Lashley just goes flying through it um I think apart from apart from the clearly telegraph ref bump that was to come, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like oh they're doing the move. Why is the ref awfully that close? Ref, no, oh no, oh silly ref, <laughs> silly ref. Oh silly. no, I got I got I got smacked in the face by feet again. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, ultimately the ref is downed, and there's kind of yeah. a moment you get yeah. a I think it's a fourteen count visual pin. With Brock Lesnar pinning yeah, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> because, yeah. because, folks, it's a long way to run down that aisle, it turns out, when you haven't got a car or something to take you down there. it's it, That's one of the short... That's definitely been one of the shorter Royal Rumble ramps. Oh, 100%. It's, it's, not, like, it's not like the Alamo, uh, the, the one where they had uh, yeah. the Alamo. The one where, where you needed like, a pickup. get on the Segway. Yeah, the one where you need like, a pickup <laughs> truck to take you there or something. So, yeah, and then ultimately, Roman appears, quote-unquote, out of nowhere... And spears Brock Lesnar. And Lesnar is down. And where Roman ends up, he's in the corner, very near to where Paul Heyman is, who is holding the WWE title belt. Roman then looks at him. We're getting a kind of an eye-to-eye glare. 
And then Roman just holds out his hand, motioning to give him the belt. Heyman gives him the belt. Brock gets smashed in the face. Bobby ultimately wins and becomes mm-hmm. the champion. I had zero issue with this finish, other than the fact I think I would have preferred Lashley to have won the belt clean from Lesnar. Yeah, there was part maybe of me Lashley wanted- just maybe Lashley just delivered what a final spear. Exactly, something, quite frankly. But I, I think I said it on the show last week that I had a feeling Heyman could get involved in 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 the scenario of Roman and Lesnar yeah. on the show. Yeah. I actually really liked the way it played out. Mm. I really, really did. And it instantly made you think, well, we know what match we're getting at Mania, which by the sound of it has already had a bit of mud thrown into that potential thought plan based on something that Brock said on Raw, apparently. Which I think was oh, something to yes. the effect of, yeah. Just to say we'll, it now, we'll yeah. Well, okay, we'll come back to it in a few minutes. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about. It, but we'll talk about it in the fallout bit. Exactly. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this match, and honestly, not just because it involved it was a continuation of the Roman Lash um, Roman and Lesnar story. Excuse me. It was just a fun match, and that's what yeah. you want. Yeah, you want a nice little fun match. The nice thing is there's. The finish isn't necessarily too clean, so that means you can always argue, hey, we need to have a definitive winner the next time these two mm. uh lock horns and so forth. But yeah, it was just like the it's like the it's like the end of a romantic film where you think, oh, they'll never get back together. And it's like it's like Office and a Gentleman. It's like Roman Reigns just coming, it's like, Paul, let me carry you out of the arena. Doesn't happen in the in the event, by the way. That doesn't happen, but I think that would have been the icing on the cake. <laughs> Because it was just like in the in like the promos a few weeks back when uh Heyman had gone back to Lesnar and Lesnar and Reigns are having like a, a mini sort of argument and then they keep sort of flinging in it's like Lesnar insults Heyman and Roman's going, Don't you talk to him like that? Don't 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 don't, don't talk to Paul Heyman like that. He's a wise man. <laughs> to those sort of words yeah. so it's kind of like oh we're having a bit of a romantic tip and getting back together are we it's somehow a love triangle between these three in essence I, I want a Paul Heyman on a pole match at Mania bucket <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll invoke some WCW distant lore that people try to forget that being the infamous Judy Bagwell on a forklift match <laughs> oh Paul Heyman in a shark cage yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I mean. That said, wait, is is WrestleMania in an outdoor arena this year? Because it's the Texas uh, one, isn't it? And it's like an indoor. Yeah, one, I AT&T, think, but, it's yeah, it's the AT and T arena. But it's got like the world's largest screen hanging on top of it. I I don't know if you want to hang a cage from that. But hey, you know what? Not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like we want we want to see we want to see Paul Heyman in jeopardy. So his so his true love Roman Reigns can come and save him. <laughs> So from uh, that match, everyone, actually also another thing I want to shout out, by the way, and it was probably the best thing on the entire show, mm. the video hype package mm. for the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match is one of the best pieces of WWE media that has been created for a pay-per-view from the ones I based on the ones I've seen in a flipping long time. They somehow managed to make this feel like a 20-year match in the making, and it was freaking brilliant. It's like warriors of forged and fire. So good. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good fun. I would like to see Lesnar Lashley again, which we are gonna kind of get in a little bit. Anyway, next talk about up. the Grit couple versus the It couple. Yep, Grit it, being Edge and Beth and It being Miz and Maurice. I won't lie. I kept mishearing the word grit 
because it just it wasn't coming out well on the headphones. I was like, I think the Rit couple. That makes no sense. The Rit couple? No. Great. True great. Bless you. Pardon me. I was sneezing. And thank you. So this match, kind of what you expected it was going to be. I will say, awesome tribute to Luna Vachon in the form of her, of her makeup and hairstyle by Beth Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see that. Uh, yep. Also, for any pro wrestling Noah fans out there, uh, given that Maurice and Miz were dressed in all red, they clearly want to become members of the Congo faction in pro wrestling Noah because that's exactly the same color <laughs> they're in. Uh, fair play to Maurice for doing the amazing Hurricane Rana that she did. Oh, that it, was good. It was a thing of beauty, quite frankly. And you know what? Uh, the way I'll sum this up is this is kind of what you expected it to be. It was, mm. it was fine. It was not stellar. It was never going to be. Had fun moments. It was what you thought it was going to be. And hopefully this feud is now done. Not in a nasty way, just in the sense of, I think we've reached a point here. You could also tell that this was very much a match probably for both sides' children to be able to watch and and admire the fact. Because immediately after the match, you saw Edge and Beth like blowing kisses to their children who were in the front row. So it's like, that was a cool moment for them. So I'm I'm all about that. And yeah, it was was nice to see Edge and Beth actually like coming out together with Edge's music and the entrance. Mm. It's just a, it was a it was a really feel good match when you think about it from a generational point of view. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice, entertaining, and like I said previously, I, this was going to be a palate cleanser because obviously you've had a lot of things going on, and then you just want you want something that's just like nice, self contained, and over and done with, so you can then focus on the main event, which what the, which what the, which is what the match did, and it's like you get these everyone doing like their own sort of different sort of moves and so forth, so you kind of have. You kind of uh, obviously have the, the the stereo glam slams to finish the match off, but then you've got you got everyone doing each other's moves as well. It was quite fun to see. It was nice. It was fun. Fun, yeah. but I, yeah. Go on. But but um, generally, I think yeah, the feuds the feud is hopefully done now, and Edge can look forward to a, a WrestleMania opponent. Who that is, I don't know. But you mentioned it was fun watching that tag match. You know what? In the grand schemes, wasn't a lot of fun to watch the what men's was? Royal Rumble match. Uh, so let, let's 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 do it like we did with the with the women's rumble. Go right to the end, and then we'll sort of double back a bit on various moments. The ultimate uh, winner was Brock Lesnar. He was mm-hmm. number thirty, if memory serves. In case I've got my numberings wrong. Yep, he was thirty. And the final two, which I really enjoyed, was him and Drew McIntyre. Drew yep. McIntyre. I don't know again if you heard it because I was watching on headphones. But Drew was basically saying to him, "I've waited a long time for this." There's a lot more people than there were last time we faced. Yeah. Because they were in the performance <laughs> center. They were like, it was just a, it was like that coming full circle moment. And it was actually, yeah. if anything, that's one thing that this show did in a weird mm. sort of way. It tied up a lot of like random loose ends in a sort of weird way, while also not being the greatest in the world. But yeah, mm. ultimately Brock gets the win. I will say, I probably should have seen that Brock Lesnar was going to be in this match. I actually genuinely didn't expect it, watching it completely spoiler-free the next day. I, I think a lot of, basically, I think a lot of people, a lot of people knew that whoever lost the title was probably going to enter the Rumble to kind of serve that menu match. And the frustrating part is, we 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 know we're getting this match. We know this is the we know this is the match we're getting at Mania. Could we not just? deal with the other belt today, please? Could we not just focus on the WWE title and figure out what we're doing there? But then there's some been some r- reports 
coming out of the rule that they have no idea what they're doing with the WWE title. Yeah, th- there's a lot of that reporting doing around. Yeah, but, um, which we'll, we'll we'll break into that a little bit later. But no, I but no, I think Drew and Brock as the last people was a good idea. I thought it would be fun. I thought if they're not going to let Brock win it, I would love to see McIntyre just claim or Brock out again mm. and keep that sort of dominance and keep that sort of sense that McIntyre's always had like the edge over Brock. Mm. So this is kind of like partially giving something back to Brock a little bit, I guess. Yeah. On, um, on this one, but yeah, in terms of when we in terms we of how we from, got to the final two, <laughs> yeah, in terms of talk, in terms of talking about how the women's rumble was entertaining because they had these little moments and these little connecting things. That's not the case with the men's rumble. You have a you do have one or two little things which are fun, um, but majorities the majority of some of the storytelling in this match is kind of weird in 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 terms of. You had you had these little setups. Good example on Raw for the last couple of weeks before the Rumble. You've been te- it's like the Ray and Dominic Mysterio have been kind of having a little bit of a laugh with Street Profits, like having tag matches and then going, ah, oh, thrown you over the top rope. Oh, I thrown you over the top rope. Ah, I thrown you over the top rope too. And I think a lot of people were kind of sensing this might be the moment Dom and Ray start start to kind of turn on each other and Dom throws Ray out of the Rumble. None of that happens in the Rumble. Oh, no, d- 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 Dom was out before Ray was even in. <laughs> yeah, none of that happens. None of that happens. Um, yeah. Again, you've got you, you've got you've got storylines like RK Bro is going up against Alpha Academy at the moment. They don't really have much when they're in the ring as well. So it's like okay, we're not we're not really doing that either. A lot of I think one of the things that frustrates me a little bit is I appreciate I appreciate the tag teams they have very talented and they want to showcase people's stuff. A lot of people in this Rumble were kind of filler bodies from tag teams that this, we knew this, this is had no chance had no absolute chance of winning and you could have given that spot to more individual talents so there's no Cesaro in this rumble which is weird in its own right I genuinely thought oh maybe he's injured and then I read somewhere no he just wasn't in it it's like what yeah. why is he not in it uh, Bala was Bala was on holiday so <laughs> Bala was in um, but, sorry I don't know why that just made me laugh but but again it's like again it we talked about this last episode. It's like, if you're going to try and like really push NXT 2.0, even though it's not working as well as they want it to work, it's not really Who's fault at all. that? Uh, again, it's like, why why not have a little fun run for Bron Breaker? Why not have Gunther appear, uh, appear and stuff like that? Because they're the, they're the prime focus of NXT 2.0 right at the moment. But no, they're not even in this as well. It's just, it's like, with all due, it's like, all due respect to the tag teams, they're in there. We all know the moment they turn up, they're not bloody winning. That's the, the thing. The, this is uh, the way I would try and sum this up is because you said a lot of things there, which are completely accurate. I think the way to give an all-encompassing thought on it is that the as the women's rumble showed, be it in a little or a big way, it's mm. a chance to have moments, moments that are just fun. Whether they ultimately play into long-term storytelling or not, not a debate for right now. Yeah. But there are fun little moments, perhaps random dream scenarios. You're like, I never thought I wanted to see that, but I got to see mm. it. Yeah. We didn't get that in this match. And it's not a discredit to everyone who was in the match. It's just, mm. I hate to call it, but a lot of this rumble was just there. Not even, necessar- mm. ne- not even necessarily saying it was a slog. Parts of it were. But just in general, nothing was going on. You had some of the big hitters like freaking Randy Orton came out near the end. They're in yeah. St. Louis, Randy Orton's home freaking city. 
You could have had a story of the most of the Rumble being he's in there. Is he going to go most of the way? Yeah. Is he going to be the second man only to do it three times? Exactly. Again. A little, little, little bit of a thing there. You had, um, there was a fun moment actually right at the beginning, I think it was, of AJ Styles and Bobby Roode. Of all, yeah. because <laughs> literally, the, the, in like what was, I felt like I was back in the year 2005 or something. It was so weird. Like, Bob, again, watching on headphones has helped a lot for me. But Bobby Roode is literally going, hey, you know what? It's been a while since we've been in the ring like this, hasn't it? And at that moment, a patch of fans in the crowd start chanting TNA in the year yeah. 2022. And Bobby Roode even goes, <laughs> yep, you hear? You hear? <laughs> and it's like, what am I watching right now? It was, yeah. That's an example of like a fun moment that you either get it or you don't, but it's a moment. Mm. And that's yeah. the problem is there are some other moments which we'll get onto in a few moments. But as a whole, this rumble was just there. And that's was, not how a rumble should feel. Yeah, it's basically, well, this is the latest chapter of Brock goes to WrestleMania. Now he will go through the rumble very quickly and in quick succession. All right, fine. Um, but in terms of in terms of moments, I, I think we have I think we we talked about it last episode. I think one of my favorite moments of of the Ben's Rumble is, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is Japanese Strong Style. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville was clearly trying to audition to go to New Japan or something, because he, he freaking... He, if you ever wanted to see someone deliver their first Katsuyori Shibata-style forearm shot, Johnny Knoxville was auditioning for it, and AJ mm. Styles' reaction was a thing of beauty. It's the equivalent of going, oh, really? We're doing this, are we? One moment, please. Cracks knuckles, knuckles up. It was just, it was such a good moment, and the the splash as well that Montez Ford gave him. He got mm. so damn high in the air again. Another moment. This yeah. is the thing. And do you know what? For all the, I know, we brought it up last week. Like that, Johnny Knoxville had like brain damage from filming the, the movie. How much of an influence or a thing is he going to be in this Rumble? For what? For his involvement, it was perfectly fine. He was yep. basically in there for a minute, two minutes, if that, total. Mm -hmm. And it was yep. a it was a quick one and done in a weird sort of way, given how much television time it had seemingly had or how much attention there had been on it. I was expecting more. Like yeah. maybe him just You're perennially just being beaten up throughout most of the match or something. And eventually someone goes, can we just get rid of him? And then they do. <laughs> but, but no, but I, get, but I thought his moment was actually good fun overall. He had, he had like the short, he had the short term of, of you're going to take some signature moves now. So he took the Pele kick, he took the frog splash, Rich Holland got in there with Northern Grit, and then he got Haluva kicked straight out by Zane. And, and that was that. And that is exactly what I think a lot of people just wanted to see Johnny Knoxville do, and that's fine. The thing, the thing that gets me kind of going, I don't think we've heard the last of Johnny Knoxville in this, in this Sammy Zane storyline, is... The premiere of Jackass Forever was in it was held last night, in which Sami Zayn crashed it to kind of start a start another fight and got promptly ejected. You see, um, if I honestly, because you know, sometimes we have the phrase of this feud must continue. Mm. I did not think that based on the Rumble because mm. Sami Zayn eliminated him. Yeah, the thing that I it started, I my my brain started whirling a little bit on this idea because he has an interview, Knoxville has an interview after the Rumble and he says, no, no, the goal to become world champion is still going to continue. And I'm going, oh. And, and then a lot of pieces start falling into place. It's like, 
Zayn still has a match of Nakamura for the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, no, Ian, you can't. Don't, no, don't say this. <laughs> Zayn is going to win the Intercontinental Championship. He is going to take that to Mania. And I would not be surprised. I'm not going to flat out call it right now, but I will not be surprised based on how people have been kind of really positive about the Johnny Knoxville thing. We will see Knoxville versus Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship at Mania. That is that is a wild my wild mania prediction out there right now. Okay, I- I'll give you my wild mania prediction now. Okay, here's my one. Okay, Johnny Knoxville somehow becomes the twenty four seven champion. Sami Zayn is utterly offended by this. Challenges him. Says, "Look, can we put a hold on? Or, or like over the course of the coming weeks, we keep seeing him tr- like he I don't know film a bunch of skits in various locations, make it like the whole Crash Holly thing from the Attitude Era." And mm. he keeps trying to take the belt off him, but Knoxville keeps getting away. And it leads to WrestleMania with just a tire fire of a hardcore garbage match. And then that, that's when you get the entire cast of Jackass involved in the match, ultimately Sammy <laughs> winning it. But you get him just delivering suplexes and all sorts to all members of the Jackass crew. It could work. I like my, mine's more prestigious. It's a world championship. Then. That, that, that's why I'm a little bit reticent to say it. But you know what? Now that you've said it, it's going to be willed into existence. Yeah, it's good. If it happens, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put my hands and my my head into my hands. I'm just going to go. Yep. I. It's if like it, we're making happen- moments. If it happens, we'll be on our post WrestleMania recap, and the show will start with you going previously on Bunker Mania, and you'll play no, no, this no. clip. No, I'll just pull. Put. I'll set up. A, I'll set up a little cord in this little recording room. I'll pull a string and confetti will fall from the scrap from the sky, <laughs> along with the sign saying, Ian was right. <laughs> In that sort of thing. But anyway, um, other moments of the rumble. There are again, there are little bits of the rumble I did like. I liked the when when Omos was in the in the ring. I love the Chad Gable plan to try Chad to eliminate Gable him. Chad Gable was the best. It's like, come on, everyone, gather around, gather around. I'm, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm smart. <laughs> but did, did you hear the other bits? Like he said, he told Damien Priest, like, you go get him. And Damien Priest, you're tall. Effect- yeah, yeah, Damien Priest effectively goes, shut up. And he goes, you're the tallest. It makes sense. And then he gets pummeled and eliminated. And then immediately after Priest gets eliminated, I don't know if you heard, but I think it was Austin Theory, then just goes, what do we do now? <laughs> It was so good. See, see, I like that. I like that yep. sort of silliness in the rumble because it's like you definitely all have to gang up to get rid of Omos because yeah. he's not gonna not one person unless someone tall comes in, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, they got rid of most of their tall people. Mm. But then I think the other the the other two things that I liked, the other two little things I liked to the rumble, I liked McIntyre's return, sudden return from injury because we mm. thought he was out for a while. Uh, coming back to literally just murder and eliminate Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. It was good was fun. Happy with that. It was kind of like, I don't like you. <laughs> happy Corbin was not happy at that point. No. But then after that happened, KO came out and basically it's like McIntyre and KO just stared at each other with daggers. It's like, you want to fight? I want to fight. You want to so fight? Good. I want to fight. And then just charge into the like the, <laughs> the alleyway and just sort of just do the I'm good well old fashioned. I'm well up for those two having a match. <laughs> Now, then, uh, I, I mean, think we should, just to, before, while it's in my brain, I think the moment we should talk about, the what-if moment of the Rumble, mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston. Now, yeah. for those who haven't seen or need a refresher, he was, I think he was on the top rope and he gets pushed off 
And he was kind of meant to land on the barricade without his feet touching the ground. Unfortunately, it was kind of obvious his feet had touched the ground. That said, I was more concerned for his ribs because he landed freaking hard on that barricade. Yeah, it was it was a shame that the spot that the, the spot was botched. Uh, but the fact is, it's like the fact is in, in this day and age of watching wrestling events, even live, it's like even if the cameras didn't pick up, someone in the audience was gonna be filming that, to yeah. be honest. So it's kind of like WWE just had to just I think Vince and Gorilla must have just gone, it's on he's eliminated. It's like we can see we can see that his feet touch the ground. Go. And yeah, that's it, a shame. It didn't help think... they it didn't help they showed a replay. No. Like if they hadn't and, um, shown a replay they might have been able to get away with it because the initial angle, it wasn't totally clear. Yeah. But it's like, I think I think they had to kind of do it that way. I think they had to kind of, unfortunately, say, Kofi, you've been caught. Off you go. Sorry. Yeah, I think Kofi, and after I, the match, posted on Twitter something like, better to have tried and failed than to have, than to have not yeah, said I someone think, somewhere. I've, I think it had a knock-on effect with Big E's involvement because I think Big E was supposed to have some sort of spot with Kofi as well. Oh, you reckon? Like, 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 it's like maybe he helps Kofi get back into the ring or something like that for the match mm. or something like that. But, but yeah, it's like Big E's involvement was kind of non-existent to be perfectly honest, which was depressing. He was simply there. He was he was a body, sadly. Um, I, my last my last little thing that I actually didn't mind was Bad Bunny returning. Fun and surprise. Actually and actually doing and doing more. So it's like he Canadian destroyed Matt Riddle. So <laughs> good. He, 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 had, he had, it's like, the fact is, I don't mind if they keep, if they rely on Bad Bunny to pop in now and then because Bad Bunny has proved from his Mania match last year that he gives, he's, he treats us absolutely seriously and absolutely wants to do the best job that mm. he possibly can. So when people kick off about, oh, why did you call him a WrestleMania legend? Stuff like that. It's like, because he made a really good moment at WrestleMania last year, and we all kind of thought he was going to have maybe the most dog shit match of the entire card. And, and he also, came out and he proved us up wrong. And also, quite frankly, he's only had one match prior to this at WrestleMania. So literally, mm. you could call yeah. that. I will say, I, I, lo- I don't know if you remember, I loved the moment he had with Rey Mysterio. Because he kind of, him and Rey had like a little moment. And you heard oh, Rey yeah. kind of going, ah, oh, gracias and whatnot. And then Bad Bunny just turns on him. And they've got that moment of, ah, <laughs> every man for himself. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a fun little moment. But there's I a think... Nice, oh, go on. There's a nice video on WWE's page after the match. Um, there's footage of Ray giving uh, Bad Bunny his mask. Amazing. I didn't know So that. it's like, you know, obviously you don't, you don't see... You obviously don't see Ray's face because it's covered in it by a towel. But he just sort of goes, here's a mask. Thank you for the moment. And Bunny seems awfully kind of... Overwhelmed, mate. That, Brad Bunny's really a fan cool. at the end of the day. Like you know, yeah. he is. So him, him getting given that is like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's what that's where a lot of the should we get to the where, book? Should we get to the Booker Man of the Rumble? Shall, shall we? Shall we? Shall we talk about? Here comes the money. Oh no, he's gone. <laughs> I won't lie. When I heard Shane McMahon's music, I just kind of thought, really. Like in terms of the, surprises, the, the, surpri- the, the surprise of the rumble was Shane McMahon. I mean, it turns out, yes, when you look at it, in hi- Captain Hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? But mm. um, yeah, I wasn't enamored with Shane. Honestly, like, look, Shane, it, Shane has been a fun character. Like from an Attitude Era perspective, when I was growing up watching it, 
I really enjoyed Shane McMahon as a character. It was really good mm. fun. Had some fun moments. The whole Mean Street Posse thing. When he initially came back after being gone for years and like the place blew, nearly blew the roof off the building. Yeah, for 2016. Yeah, 2016. like that was a really special moment. But since then, Shane's just been... This is going to be an appalling comparison. I'm going to say it. Shane McMahon is the McMahon equivalent of recent Brock Lesnar in that he shows up, has a match, goes away, but perhaps doesn't always deliver. Yeah, I would say that's a, I say that's a good uh, statement because I think from 2016, he had the match with The Undertaker and then we had the brand split where he became manager with Daniel Bryan. And that was fine. People still like Shane McMahon to that mm-hmm. level. They enjoyed it. It's just, I think ever since he came, he became more of an active competitor battling Kevin Owens and then going on to feud with Braun Strowman and stuff like that. It's like when he when, whole- when he can hold his own against literally some of WWE's best and baddest in terms of toughness, mm. that's when that's when the lines blur because yeah. he can't. Because when because when he's again. When he's at a slightly more mature age now, you clearly see that he he can't sometimes can't necessarily keep up with it because he's very sweaty and all that sort of stuff. After like, like ten seconds, <laughs> yeah, it's like in the in the most. It's like you look at him versus Braun Strowman. You just, Braun Strowman should just absolutely murder the guy, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But anyway, um, yeah, I just I didn't care about his return to be honest not one bit I, I mean that with the greatest respect in some ways but and it's the, just and the fact care. and the fact that he has he beats Riddle in a fist fist fight moment MMA and martial the, arts legend Shane McMahon yep yep and then throws out Kevin Owens again it's it's like your final four for the Rumble was Riddle McMahon McIntyre and Lesnar um I mean, heck, I'd rather I would have had Owens in the final four than bloody. Can I make bad, a point out anyone? Anyone. Even Bad Bunny. I know, but a lot of people are still frothing at the mouth about Bad Bunny maybe in the final four. It's like, why? At least he can at least he's actually doing stuff that's believable. He he, <laughs> he literally has shown more athleticism by doing a destroyer than what Shane McMahon has done for the past few years. And for the benefit of the audio listeners, I am just mimicking the, the quickest of punches. Shane McMahon the quickest style, of punches. Shane McMahon style shadow boxing. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Yeah, money. here comes the money that you're <laughs> punching away every time you throw a punch. Oh God! But I think I think the bottom line is I think we've said it at the, st- at the top of this this little segment of the show. It's a rumble that is there. It is not a rumble that will be remembered. It is, well, I think with the fallout, it's going to be remembered for other things, but it's not going to be one to really write home about and kind of, it's, it's not going to appear on top tens, but it, I think it's not, it's not the worst rumble out there. I remember watching worse rumbles, to be honest. 2015. Um, Which one was 2015? Because I'm just drawing a blank on that, admittedly. That was, that was Reigns winning. After, after oh, was that when the Rock Corp- came out and he got booed? Yeah, yeah, that was after <laughs> Corporate Kane and Big Show just basically took everyone's favorite wrestlers and just slowly dumped them over the edge. It was like, uh, yeah. oh, you like Dean Ambrose? No Dean Ambrose for you. <laughs> oh, you like Dolph Ziggler? Nah. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you look, you like this person? Nah. Nah. You like Reigns? No. Oh, shame. He's going to throw us out. <laughs> you got your wish. Uh, Oh. Yeah, I yeah, just again, so, like I said at the top of the show, in a bid to try and help us finish our rumble talk now, 
Yeah. This was the chance for WWE to put a strong advert putting across the best that they have to offer at the start mm-hmm. of Mania season. Yeah. This was, you've got to call it what it is, this was a failure. In that respect, purely, this was a failure. Mm-hmm. As but much as there were fun moments. There. Yeah, well, as much as there were fun moments, this did not help. But let's get to the fallout, Ian. I'll let you take us through this because you're probably more up, up to speed on it than I am. So, so, what, what, so what are the cliff notes of what we've got in terms of fallout? So in terms of behind the scenes sort of stuff, there was a lot of reporting that Shane McMahon had had uh, considerable input on the men's Rumble match. Um, no, surely not. Surely not, no. And it got reported that uh, McMahon had had heat about his uh, about his planning and trying to write the rumble around him. It's Shane so we're talking make, about, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, Shane McMahon says, no, no, we'll create the rumble about me. I'll be the center point of this rumble. Which didn't really do endear him to uh, talent and staff. It makes I think no some, sense for one thing. I think one of the one of the quotes I, I read, and I, I I don't have it to hand with me right now, but I think one of it was when people who don't normally complain start complaining, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and it was and it was also reported that he was verbally burying producers like Jamie Noble about about things. So he was just he was basically being very very argumentative. This is what's mm. being reported. Um, and then. It, it kind of all, and this is the thing as well. We we there were reports coming out that McMahon was going to ha- have a, a match at Elimination Chamber uh, and be in the Elimination Chamber match, or then have a match at WrestleMania as well. So it's kind of like he was like they were clearly they clearly had some plans for Shane McMahon at some point. The most the most logical point is the Austin Theory stuff with Vince at the moment because it's kind of like oh. I like Austin. He's like my son. And then Shane's going, "Hey, wait a minute." And then you could have had a you could have had hey, a match between Shane. Dad. <laughs> yeah, Shane and Austin uh, Shane and Austin Fury at Mania. Makes sense. Wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst decision, but it makes sense from a storytelling creative sort of things if you're still building Fury up as a character. 15 minute hell in a cell jump off the cage first match. Yeah, he's like who will win Vince's love? I don't know. But no, it's like, and, and it's all kind of come ahead uh, this afternoon because Ringside News uh, exclusively reported that uh, Shane McMahon had been quietly let go because creative teams were, were told on the hush, do not think of creative plans with Shane McMahon. Um, it wasn't uh, confirmed at the time by other outlets, but I have had a look online. I believe Wrestling Observer has since confirmed it. Yeah, Wrestling now. Observer have confirmed that it definitely has happened. So Shane McMahon is no longer part of WWE plans. Theoretically, um, and it's kind of like I think I think you're still going to hear more weird stories coming out of this rumble because there are reports of this rumble being kind of changed and nearly up to twenty times on the fly for the men's, and obviously that affects morale and the wrestlers it, get a bit. It doesn't bit surprise furious. me when you look at the match that we watched. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I think we'll probably hear more fallout from this maybe in the next week or so. But it's just like it's just when years like when it's that I mean. I don't think we've heard news like this even from it's like even the 2015 one you didn't have a, a fallout of this obviously people have been a bit annoyed that people weren't accepting Roman and the crowd clearly were not happy but this is just seems more this seems more manic and crazy that it's actually happened to a degree um, so yeah so that's the whole Shane McMahon stuff um, in terms of post-rumble and elimination chamber mania plans so 
So where are we at? So what's it looking like? What have we got to, quote unquote, look forward to in the coming weeks? So so in terms of making a choice for your main your opponents, Brock has already picked Roman. He's not held it in. He's just gone, we're going to have this. I'm going to go fight Roman Reigns at Mania. Fair enough. Ronda's yet to choose a challenger. We talked about her promo thing. Um, and we've said she's likely, well, we've said it's been widely reported it's going to be Flair this time around. Um, so, in terms of things coming up for Elimination Chamber, it's all about the WWE. In good old Saudi Arabia. I won't Yay. be watching. Mm, well, Lashley's defending the WWE title in Elimination Chamber. They had some qualifier matches. Uh, so, Lashley will defend against uh, Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, AJ Styles. And given a buy into the chamber because of circumstances behind their losses, Lesnar and Rollins. So mm. that's 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 quite an appealing sort of match, to be oh, perfectly it's honest. It's really annoying. It's that that's that appealing for crying out loud. Yeah, can it not yeah. be in Saudi, please? I don't, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I, the the moral side of the whole Saudi deal is really really bad. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think one thing that I hope I think they've learned from the previous Crown Jewel event is they've, they've tried to actually give a damn about the storytelling and the matches that they're doing because a lot of the, those shows up until last year's Crown Jewel was kind of like glorified house shows. Yeah, The last Crown Jewel kind of still was because you had a few matches that actually had storyline implications like Reigns versus Lesnar, Rollins versus Edge and Helen and so on, all that sort of stuff. But now we're, they, are, they have to build towards Mania. So obviously they need to make sure they're putting the effort into building these stories correctly. So... You you have that to a degree, and it's yeah, it's still frustrating that it's in this in this scenario. But it's kind of like, well, what do you, what else can you really do at this stage? It's, it's the uh, it's the the thing of a ten year contract or something like that. With I don't know how many years uh, they started about twenty sixteen, didn't they? 2016, uh, 2017. Yeah, it's at least another four or five years, probably. Yeah, I think that I think they're not even halfway through yet. Mm. And it depends if they added any more. Uh, years on because of pandemic, um, so we've got that mat. We got that chamber match for the title. Brock really wants to do title for title as well, which is frightening me a little. That's bit. what I was alluding to when we were talking about the Brock well, match earlier. I mean, people. I mean, the 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 wrestling journalists. I think Brian Alvarez and even Wrestling Observer have repeatedly kind of said the plan has not been title for title. Yet both Reigns and Brock in their promos are saying should be title for title. It's like it's like I don't know if they're trying to will it into existence or something. It's like it it it, it won't work, and I don't want title for title. I just want a, a match. It <laughs> should be fine. Honestly, there is part of me that wants title for title because I think it would be better if there was just one overall champion. Personally I mean, speaking, but then there is also yeah. part of me that's thinking: Are they just saying it one? to get people talking, two, mm. to actually make people feel like they need to see this match, the Elimination Chamber, to see mm. what's going to happen. Like, to actually drum up interest. Or, or, they still don't know what they're doing with the WWE title at Mania. I mean, yeah, there is that too. <laughs> there is that too. I mean, if, if, I was, if, I was a, if I was kind of like a booking man on this, I... I would sense that Reigns still costs Lesnar at the chamber in some way. Maybe the Usos jump Lesnar before he goes in or something like that. Didn't Undertaker and crawl out of a chamber one time? Yeah. I, I seem to yeah, recall I think, to attack Shawn. Was it Shawn Michaels or Jericho? It was involving one uh, of those two. No, no. Shawn Michaels crawled out of a chamber to attack 
That was it, wasn't Untaker, it? Untaker. Yeah. To set up. Yeah. Was that, set up, the, like, was that the, the year he the got burned match. by the entrance ramp as well? I think so. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have. So it could. I. It's like I. I think Lashley versus someone at Mania would be fine. I don't know who. Or or you do a complete swerve and someone else in that chamber wins it. You could still do Rollins versus Owens. And I think on, Rollins versus Owens would be quite fun because he'd give be slowly to, give turning Rollins' face. Or AJ. Here's one that's been going around. AJ versus Edge. I'm game for that. That's that that based on based on the rumble. I'd almost be inclined to say, are they going to just do AJ and Omos? Or, had, or, they, or, or is that all set they, up they, now, they, really? they, they, had, they had a match. They had a match over at, um, at Raw a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't great. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah, but, but AJ is, and Edge, though, oh, yeah. I am more than up for. Yeah, or, or if you want to put the Viper against the Bro, you could do Awesome versus Riddle for the title. Viper it was an bro. idea that was... Mm, there's, there's a lot of ideas there. There's a lot of possible ideas. I, again, it's like, as much as, as much as I can see why WWE would do it, I really don't want, I don't want Le- Lash, uh, not Lashley, I don't want Lesnar to leave the Elimination Chamber with the title. It's just like, mm. it's like, I'm happy with him going for the Universal title because he's, because he's probably going to go on, on break after the Mania because then he's kind of been doing like, oh, he's been doing like eight months mm. straight. But what, that, but so. what better way to cement Roman's legacy as champion than to have him be an undisputed champion for a year to really cement his legacy as the best? Because mm. they, they were very, very clear. I don't know if you noticed this during the Roman match mm. to point out how long he's been champion for and how who the other like four people ahead of him were in terms of longest yeah. title reigns. It wouldn't surprise me if Roman's going to have this belt for at least another year. And what better way to do it than to have him be the undisputed champion? Oh, he's, yeah, he's keeping the Universal belt all the way to Mania next year. Hmm. That's, that's definitely happening. <laughs> I, I, that's definitely how it's going at the moment because it's like, I can't think of anyone who's going to... I can't think of anyone organically who will be able to beat him and it be believable at this rate. It's like, if you're going to take the belt off Roman, build something credible up and make it work and then it will work. But unfortunately, he's already gone through a lot of people. <laughs> One person could, as I'm calling him, Gunther Walter. I I think that would be the most amazing way to end the reign is Gunther yeah. goes in and <laughs> takes it. It's like, oh, it's beautiful. It's, be- it's like, it's perfectly poised. It's like one of the most unstoppable wrestlers in, in all of wrestling is the one to end the, the tribal chief. That would be amazing. It won't happen. If it 100% happens year, won't happen. If it happens in a year, then we'll come back to this video and we'll go, Ian, you're talking nonsense. It did happen. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Ian, in a dream scenario, it pre- would. Previously on Bunker Mania. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, good, Ian was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls the curtain. So I'll, con- get, I'll get the confetti down with the Ian is wrong banner it's on so it. Con- um, it's so confetti, it's coal or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just a bucket of water. Um, so, uh, so we've got the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, the only other confirmed match for, for Elimination Chamber is Raw Women's title match. Becky Lynch versus Lita. I am game for this. And we actually didn't mention Lita in our Rumble Women's recap either, but she had a really good show. I am game for this match as a title match. It's kind of like, oh, this is a matchup we didn't know we wanted. How we need. Mm. It's, it's like I mentioned earlier. That's what the Rumble should be. Moments like that. Hmm, indeed. But that's where we are at the moment. Um, 
I, I guess the Universal title may be defended in some capacity. It's not been confirmed. We'll probably get a better idea after SmackDown. We'll get things a bit more lined up. But yeah, this seems to be more of a, a car to obviously push towards Mania. Uh, whether or not things change and everything else goes to shit down the road, who knows? But that's I, we, we, we've talked we've talked nearly 90 minutes about this. Yeah, so. So, so what we're going to do now, folks, is we're going to sort of do some brief AEW talk. We'll run down some stuff that occurred on TV over the last week and do a quick Dynamite preview as well. We'll do do some of the, the, the big talking points, as it were. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, we had the, the ridiculous ladder match in places between Sammy Guevara and Cody for the to, to determine the undisputed, unified, however you want to phrase it, TNT champion. Yep. Sammy won. There was probably the best diamond cutter you're ever going to see in a ladder match, quite frankly. The, the production mm-hmm. timing of the camera cut, chef's kiss. It was so good. And also the refs holding on to those ladders for dear life. I mean, good, <laughs> because if you compare to what you saw in the Tokyo Dome with Kenta, where no one mm. was holding a ladder, and ultimately look at all the injuries he got. Mm. But yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was a really, really good match. Really good. Really strong way to start Dynamite last week. Yeah, it's a strong opener. Great spots. Very memorable match. It'll probably rank in AEW's best matches of the year by the end of the year, to be perfectly honest. Um, and yeah, Sammy winning makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. considering the whole Cody contract situation, which he has confirmed in a video. Oh, I think. After just, yeah, on, a, um, on, a, on an AEW backstage video, he, he talks about the contract situation. He goes, oh yeah, that report's real. I'm not here with a contract. So maybe Cody's off for a little bit of a break and then he'll be back, which I think is probably going to happen, to be honest. Go big um, show. Maybe she's going to focus on that for a bit. Yeah, maybe just focus on some of the creative projects and then when he feels a bit more refreshed and a bit more focused, uh, when he feels a bit more, uh, when, oh no, maybe we just feel refreshed he'll be back in AEW. But when he, when he feels I, I more like Cody again, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't see Cody going anywhere. He'll be He'll be back. He'll be back in AEW, um, which means hopefully Sammy can have a really good fun run with uh, with the belt now mm. until probably double or nothing or all out. To be honest, mm. give him a little good, give him a good reign, give him a good reign. Yeah, I will say I'm I'm, I'm at the point now with Sammy Guevara, and this is meant to be a positive comment by the way, where mm. I really want him to have some music that gets me more even more hyped for his matches. I will say. I will say the for the record, I don't, I don't, I don't mind his current music. It's just no, no. I'm, I want something to kind of get me thinking. Yes, Sammy's coming out. Let's do this. I think the only thing I don't, it's like I don't mind the music for Sammy. I think the only thing I, I kind of don't gel with is his is his written promos. That's purely for the benefit of like of, of the TNT viewing audience because it's during a picture and picture break, which is fine. It's yeah. Just, Reliance, I suppose. Oh, yeah, when, when, you're, um, when, when, like us, you're watching the fight TV feed, it feels so weird. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> give him a mic, give him a mic. How can I root for him if I <laughs> if I can't hear him have the same passion in his voice than he has in his words? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of passion, we were talking last week uh, uh, on our live broadcast, I should say, about there perhaps being some inner circle tensions that came to a head a bit more on Dynamite mm. during the six-man tag match with the inner circle, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz, defeating 2.0 and Danny Garcia. Ultimately, Jericho helping out Santana with the Judas effect kind of on the outside, but Santana and Ortiz were notably not trying to tag in Jericho and were determined yeah. to keep him out of the match. So after the match, Jericho gave flipped off Santana and Ortiz, just gave him the middle finger, effectively going, yeah. screw you. 
We'll see what happens, but like I said before, I want to see more of Santana and Ortiz challenging for tag belts and stuff because they're so damn good. And I th- this kind of feels like the right time. Yeah, I think I think putting them in the belt hunt now would be would be probably the best use of them on on the roster. Um, I think we are building maybe towards a Jericho Kingston feud, which will be fun as well. Once ne- Kingston's back from injury, needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the way it has been building and the way it has been kind of bubbling, it's like sooner or later it's happening. It's probably happening. It mm. probably is happening at Revolution. It's just we just got to make sure Kingston's there, healthy, and yeah. all that sort of stuff first. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like like I said. I think Santana Ortiz needs to go off and do uh, their own thing now. A lot of the other t- members of the inner circle have done that. I mean, look at Sammy; he's thriving now as a TNT champion. So maybe just put 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 Santana and Ortiz into the tag mix now. And the tag mix is getting really exciting. It really is because there have been some, there were some good matches on Rampage this past week. Like oh, um, so good F- FTR versus uh, Brock and and it's Sh- Lee. Isn't is it, it shoddy? As I keep calling him, Lee, Lee Johnson, uh, Lee Johnson, or but it's like Brock, Brock Junior, Brock, Brock, <laughs> Brock Junior, Arn, Arn, Arn Junior. It's like, it's like, it's like, son, yes, Dad, I want you to go and win a wrestling match. Okay, Dad, I'll make you proud. <laughs> He's lost again. Oh, my son, oh, son. I got the clock. <laughs> I should have got the clock. No. Um, so oh. yes, but before Moving we get on. to the clock, though, let's make mention of the fact that tonight on Dynamite. We will seemingly be getting MJF v CM Punk. Punk came out dressed to dressed to fight on Dynamite. He ultimately got pummeled down by the Pinnacle and Wardlow. Wardlow earlier in the evening getting a, a fun win in front of his hometown crowd, mm. and they really wanted him to turn, but he mm. didn't. And then eventually MJF says, "You've got the match. It'll be next week tonight at the time of recording yeah. in Chicago." If the match does happen, and if it is a match, I think MGF's winning. I, mm. I, I, I think because it's in Chicago, and I think it's it will be the shocking first defeat of, of CM Punk. I think that's what. You know happen. how he said, like, or shenanigans, or shenanigans. Will it have? Will it be more fire than the than the WrestleMania sign? I don't know, <laughs> but I you, think it would be a lot more. Yeah, imagine if he does win the MGF. So here's a mm. here's a hypothetical for you. Okay, uh, we're going to touch on this briefly, like in sort of the, the end of the show, as we were going to do. But it is you've got it noted on our notes here. There are a bunch of the ninety day no competes that run out that have now expired. Mm-hmm. Could that be a way to introduce someone to either help MJF or help Punk not lose to MJF tonight? Possibly. It depends who's on standby and ready to go. Mm. I mean, I mean, a lot of the release wrestlers are ready to go already. It's just who's actually in Chicago ready. I'm sure a lot of people anyway. could be. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, Britt Baker. We were talking last week about what's the direction she's going to go in when it comes to the mm-hmm. women's title. We have no idea, quite frankly. We got a promo. I mean, it was a all right, promo. It was basically just putting herself over, like she's won loads of awards and whatnot, which, you know, absolutely fair play. Deserve to do that. Absolutely fine. It's just we've got no idea what the heck is going on with her belt. Yeah. The way on the show notes, I've written, Baker comes out to highlight her achievements in the past year. That was it. Um, 
And I it's like I oh, really don't a, want to go and a, bury an American football player for not being good. He's also and, got the word Baker in their name. Yep, yep, and and bury American football player. Um, I've got it. It's like I, it's like I really I really don't want to go off and around on this, but my patience with the women's championship story is wearing a little bit thin at the moment. Not not with Baker the character, not with Baker the performer, or anything like that. I think Baker's done superb stuff. I really do. The problem is, it's like, what is going on with this belt? What is a storyline about who is challenging for this belt? What is, what is the long-term objective of this belt? Who, who are going to be the people to, to, come, to, to come up the ranks and actually be real, viable, uh, crowd-loved, potential players in this belt? Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back for the whole Britt Baker reign at the moment, even the previous reigns of, of Shida and even Nyla Rose and you know, I I can't think of like like a character-defining storyline in this title. I cannot. It's like you look at look at the look at the AEW World Championship and you look at Hangman Page and you look at King Omega. Look at look at that how that story progressed and flourished and had all these nuances. Where is this with the women's championship? I agree. I've just been looking on the AEW website to see if there were any new ranking updates that they've not published them yet, so I can't refer to that otherwise. Mm. But what we've what we've got here, and I think we talked about this a few weeks back, in that there's mm. been so much focus on the TBS title, rightly so, mm. that the cu- that currently the women's world title is just in a weird limbo state. Uh, could, I mean, uh, r- random adjacent thought that the title match that Brit had against Riho at the Battle of the Belt show. I don't know if you've heard. That's fine. Riho during that match early on broke her collarbone. Oh, and she carried on wrestling and didn't complain about it during or after the match. Fair enough. Like fair play to her because that that that's a, that's a painful injury based on the stuff I've looked mm. up. But it's like I think there is think th- my- there is currently no direction with that belt, and there yeah. needs to be. But and the rankings are an easy way to do it. It's mm. it's I was gonna say it's written on paper. In fact, you know what? Let me let me look at last week's rankings. Give me a second. I mean, in terms of, it's fine to have like filler feuds. I don't mind a filler feud in that for for the for the women's title. Um, I think at the moment it's like we need to see where we are are generally going. I mean, it's like you you look at other. You look at other title reigns for other characters. I mean, again, it's like we go back to WWE and we look at the reigns reign at the moment with the Universal title. It's like every sort it's like, yes, there have been filler feuds, but there's been like little building blocks, little building blocks to kind of define the reign, to kind of build potential challenges, to kind of develop the story of who maybe, maybe might be the one to take the belt off. And we don't get that with the Women's Championship at the moment. We've had these sort of start-stop things with Jamie Hayter and Reba, who have kind of vanished from TV at the moment. Just gone, but they've been snapped like Thanos did. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had Brit, we've had Brit and Adam Cole going up against Ryan Cashley and Chris Satlander, fine. The Chris Satlander feud for all that was, was all right, was fine, but again, the thing is with a lot of the... I think the thing is a lot of Baker's feuds, no one looks positioned to be the one to take the belt, and that's the problem. It also That's doesn't help the, that based on looking at last week's rankings, because we're still very early in the year, no mm. one's really built up a lot of a winning streak yet. Yeah. And obviously, the, the match eventually we're clearly going to get somehow, some way, because I want to say their match has been announced for either Dynamite or Rampage. Is 
is Thunder Rosa against Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, I'm sure that got announced. The cards. For, yeah, I'm sure that that's got announced. Rampage something. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So they're clearly going to build up to Brit versus Baker again, given the match they had last year. But probably have it be for the title. Serena mm. Deeb is an obvious contender at this point, given everything she's done. But at the same time, I mean, it's like heck. I it's like I would I would imagine if here's the thing. It's like. If you didn't tell me, I would imagine the she, the 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 Deeb and Sheeda feud was kind of like one of the top women's feuds in yep. in the company right now. Yeah, that that's how kind of weird this thing with the women's championship is at the moment. Mm. And I don't know. I'm just frustrated. If they're waiting for released talent to appear, and there's new there's new talent now in the free agency pool. Amber Moon's in there now. Uh, Mia Yim. Various different. Various different talents are now available, and that's great. But the fact is, it's like, give me. It's like I. It's like as much as I love Britt Baker, give me, give me a story where she has to face someone. Give me a story where she's facing some, where she has adversity to overcome to keep her belt. It's like you can have as many of these "I'm great" promos and little silly games with Tony Schiavone, fine, because there's a the nice natural chemistry and it, and it's fun to watch. You can't just keep relying. It's like I just at like, some I'm point. Trying... At some point, you need to back it up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I really don't want to to tear into this, but it's like it's just the promo last week, and I sat there and just went, okay. Where are we going? Yeah, even just the smallest tease of something is all we yeah. needed, and you could probably put two and two together and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like TBS Championship. It's kind of like we know how that's going because every sort of episode is like Jade and, and Mark Sterling are finding someone to to sign up to have a battle with. That's fun. I like that. If Jade's going out looking for challenges, stuff. and fine. Jade's looking like great. That. Jade's defense against Julia Hart on Rampage was great fun. Yeah, yeah, absolute fun. But yeah, it's just it's like I appreciate the TBS Championship is done and we've we've got that going. It's like we're a month into the new year now. Please, like, please, please start thinking about what we're doing with this belt. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah. I will also say as well, I, as a random anecdote, I do laugh at the fact that the TBS title has currently only been defended on TNT when you look at the American broadcasting <laughs> version. Just as a note, I get they own the same thing, but you know what I mean. It's a little random fun thing. Yeah. The yeah. final Moving note. On. The final note from Dynamite was we had the lights out match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. Fun match. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy got the win. We also randomly got the debut of Danhausen, <laughs> which was an awesome go. moment. I was so happy to see Danhausen. He's uh he's very evil and very elite, as you've written down in our notes there. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty Dan, much. Dan, uh, are you like familiar it. with Danhausen, by the way? Uh, I've seen bits and bobs. Uh, good fun. I know he's he's a very quirky character, yeah. and I, I've it's it's a kind of quirky character I could get behind in AEW. So yes, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on there. I, I'm looking forward to probably Adam Cole now wanting to get a piece of Dan Housen, who I think might still be injured currently because he like broke his leg or something in Halloween. I think it was. So yeah, like, I think so. Like genuinely, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But Dan Housen is going to be a really fun addition to AEW. Mm. Like like you said, very quirky. Something very di- like almost like the polar opposite of Orange Cassidy to a degree in terms of quirkiness. It's yeah. it's very good fun. And also, I want to give a special shout out when it comes to talking about Rampage. 
to the John Moxley Anthony Bowens match because that was really good. That match really that good. good. I like I like with Moxley's matches at the moment that it's not necessarily uh, you're definitely winning. This is kind of like he's just he takes it and then he and then he he bashes it out eventually in terms of dealing with it. And obviously with the acclaim, you're dealing with two players there. You've got Max and Anthony to deal with. So uh, clearly it's a thing. I, I was kind of like, you can't use the stereo. I'm going to use the stereo. <laughs> no, can't use the stereo. All right, I'm fine. That's it's all good. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, we've got but, FTR oh, defeat. Oh, go on. Can I, can I quickly re- talk about Brian Danielson watching on the monitor afterwards? So good. And then kind of, and just kind of going, I'm going to, just for the benefit of our audio listeners, I'm going to make this full screen on, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going on to a full screen thing here. And it's kind of like how he's watched it. He's watched it. And then he's kind of, he turns to face the camera with a cheeky grin in his eye and he's going, you see that? You see that? And he's like looking behind him at the monitor of Moxie Subway. He's like, you see that? You see that? I'm going to do some terrible things to that person. <laughs> it's, it's like what Jerry's just and then, and then when you look at the screen behind Danielson, there's Moxley just talking into the camera, basically going, ah! No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's basically like, like a Looney Tunes Tex Avery cartoon of mm. someone just going, mm-hmm. and as he goes to the blink, 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 blink eyes, mm. it's like, maybe I'll do something good. Maybe I'll do something bad. Maybe who it, knows? Maybe we got reminded that in AEW, people can acknowledge there's a camera near a TV. <laughs> Just, Just like, saying. oh, oh, I see you. What I see you're seeing me watching things on the TV. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, FTR, FTR defeated Brock Anderson and, and Shoddy Lee Johnson. Fun match mm-hmm. again. I was perfectly yeah. fine with this. Also got yep. some uh, got some uh, on Anderson Tully interactions. So that was good fun. Mentioned yep. Jade mm-hmm. Cargill's title defense against Julia Hart. Really good fun. They they didn't mm-hmm. play up the Julia Hart thing too much when it came to her eye patch. But I want to say when Jade Cargill hit her big boot, it was to the side of the face where the eye patch was. Yeah, commentary talked about that. Yeah. Like, she couldn't see the boot. She couldn't yeah. see the boot. So it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> brewing. Also, she is notably based on Dynamite in a backstage promo and on rampage with the way she's just like quite frankly just disrespecting griff garrison at this point is clearly having an attitude change so whatever mm. malachi's mist of destiny did it's clearly changing her oh no speaking of changing things i don't know how i'm linking to that i just am jurassic uh, jurassic express and you call them jurassic park jurassic express <laughs> defeating private party for the tag titles another really fun match this was really yeah. good fun it's good fun. Um, it's like no, no, I'm not the biggest fans of the Hardy Family Office gimmick. To be uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you must address them by their proper name now. Okay, the aunt, the Andrade Hardy Family Office. Thank you very much. Thank you. There we go. It's like I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that that stable and gimmick. Don't get me wrong; it's it, it's fine, and, and the wrestling's all great. But it's like hmm. there it's was like, also a fun backstage promo with Andrade going to see Darby. In the, in the locker room. He's like, I want to buy your services, little child. Here, sign the contract. <laughs> and then Darby just goes, I have a pen, or whatever, and it was his bat. Yeah. <laughs> so, wrestling from around the world, very briefly, before we then wrap up the show. Wrestling from around the world, as we dun, to say. Da, 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 da. So, the main, <laughs> the main thing to talk about 
is uh, free agencies. We just alluded to it, but a number of WWE releases from November are now past their 90-day no-compete. Biff Busick is one of them, because I think I saw a tweet of him going around uh, saying that he's now available for bookings. Keith Lee yep. is seemingly on that frame. Carrion uh, yep. Cross, uh, which I think he's now going by Killer Carrion Cross. Yeah. Or something to that okay. effect. Or Killer Carrion or something like that. Something along those lines, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mia Yim, uh, as well as many others, can now go to other promotions. It, mm-hmm. it would be really cool to see all of them in AEW, but they've already got a lot of roster members, so I will I will hamper down my expectations. But it's keep, almost but- like it's it's almost like AEW might need an extra hour on one of their shows, or another show, or a brand split. AEW Dark and Dark Elevation available on YouTube Weekly. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> But yeah, I will. I, I, it's like the, those shows are good. Those shows are good. It's just I just can't give the time. To mate, I can't either. Rampage. I literally I watch Rampage and Dynamite. That's my fill. Like that's all it's I've got like, time for. If 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 they're not on the main two TV shows, I worry. That's my general thing. Yeah, I, I I'm out of all of out of those na- names you mentioned. It would be really cool to see Keith Lee just show up. I'd be game I for think, that. I think I think AEW will bite the arm off Keith Lee to get him in. To be perfectly honest, I mean you've got you've got some good rivalries already there for him. Still Adam Cole, mm-hmm. so that'll be fun to revisit as well. So yeah, I I, I see I definitely see Keith Lee. Yeah, and Mia Yim people. would be a great addition to the women's roster as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I also would like to see Killer Carrion, Carrion Cross, Killer whatever his name Cross. Is now. Cross. He's just Cross. Cross and time. or Scarlet. There you go. He, I will mention it. It is very weird to see uh, Cross with hair. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's like it's like who are you? Who is this handsome devil? <laughs> <laughs> who art thou? <laughs> it's like it's like hi, I'm Karrion Cross. I'm also very handsome. Wink. <laughs> very, very handsome. Very evil. <gasps> Dream now, tag team: Dan Housen and Karrion Cross. Just imagine how he just goes, hi, I'm very handsome. Let me cytosuplex you now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I believe that is all our news, barring one thing which I will mention now, because this kind of came across earlier today. There has been mm-hmm. some footage relating to WWE 2K22 doing the rounds. There is sort of mm-hmm. a, the first of a, of a developer interview series, by all accounts, that is, uh, yeah. that's doing the rounds. And we get to see some gameplay in there, which... What we're going to do, everybody, to sort of help pass into the outro of the show as well here, next week, the show that we're going to do, Bunker Mania, we're going to focus very much on video games in the wrestling world. Like, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. past games that we like, perhaps do a little bit of a preview when it comes to how WW2K2 is shaping up, uh, 22, excuse yep. me. Maybe if there's, I mean, there won't be, but should there be any news on AEW's console game, we'll talk about that as well. But mm. based on this initial developer interview that we have seen, like, t- just a few hours ago today at the time of recording this, mm. it looks like it's got a bit more of an arcadey feel to it while still looking in presentation, a bit like a sim, which is mm. going to be a little bit weird to get used to, but I'm happy it's got a more arcadey looking control system. Yeah, to it. yeah. They, they talked about people being able to pick up the controller and just play. Which is a good, which is a good direction to go. I think, I think with some of the successful like SmackDown versus Raw or SmackDown, here comes the pain. That sort of sort of games, people just kind of, you were able to just pick up the controller. You didn't need to know about the like the grappling system or something like that. You just picked up. You just go, okay, if I press that and that button, I do a B 
big attack. If I press that now, I'll do another big attack or something like that. Um, so if they're going in that direction with 2K22, that'll be good. I, From what I've seen in, in terms of like the cinematic stuff, visual, the visual stuff and the gameplay stuff, I I am cautiously optimistic. I yeah. mean, the fact is, like, I, I will, and we'll talk about this a lot more in next week's episode, but I lose, it's like when I have a WWE game, like a 2K game, I lose hours to it simply by playing with the creative wrestler and building stuff and crap, my own dream matches and all that sort of stuff. So if the, if the game is sound and I have the freedom like I've had previously to do with my creative wrestlers, I think I'm going to be very comfortable with 2K22, to be perfectly honest at the moment. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week. Indeed, and with that being said, everyone, that is now going to conclude the show. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. Again, we'll be back on Wednesday live next week. I'll try it again. Wednesday next week live. There you go. I got there in the end. From 7.30pm UK GMT on Twitch. And of course, there will be an archive available after the fact in both video and audio form. If you've enjoyed mm -hmm. the show tonight, Give us, a, give us a follow or a subscribe if you feel so inclined here on Twitch. If you've been watching the YouTube archive, if you enjoyed the video, give it a thumbs up and a subscribe to the channel if you want to. And of course, on your podcast platform of choice, if you would like to give us a rating after you have enjoyed listening to us, we would very much appreciate that as well. If you want to find Bunkerzilla UK on the social media side of things, you can find us on both Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, search for Bunkerzilla UK. And on Twitter, you can find us at Bunkerzilla UK. Dekasan, before we conclude, yes. any uh, any final parting words or thoughts for tonight's broadcast? Um, not not necessarily. Thank you all for watching. Uh, I've just had a quick look at the activity feed into the Twitch. Uh, thank you to LJ Matthews Art for the raid. Much appreciated. Hope oh, amazing! You thank all, you. All, hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed the wrestling chatter. Um, yeah, I know it's it's been it's been a crazy couple of days for wrestling. Wrestling, it's like the wrestling is going on forever. The wrestling is never stopping. It's always wrestling. It's always grappling. And it always somehow involves Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> My final thought for the day will simply be, it's WrestleMania season. Jeremy wants a dream match. I'm going to say two names of people. Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Gunther Walter. Make it happen. Or WWE, you've heard that and they've gone, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. And they're like, no, no, <laughs> Gunther Walter, Gunther Walter. I still say they should have oh, like, just, it's, it's, they just like called him Gunther Walter. It would have got rid of all their problems. It's like that It's like that Friends meme with Phoebe talking to Joey. It's kind of like Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar versus versus Gunther, Gunther, put it all together. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for tuning in tonight, everybody. I will also add that if you would like to get in touch with Bunkerzilla and or Bunkermania, more to that point, mm -hmm. via the world of email, you can do so on Bunkermania at Bunkerzilla.co.uk. From myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton, you've been watching Bunkermania here on Bunkerzilla UK. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk wrestling video games. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Mm.